0: And they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged, elite workforce. Here's the show. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Impact Show. I am your friendly neighborhood talent strategy nerd, Dr. Jim. And today, we're going to examine how creating space for innovation always pays off in unexpected ways. The person who's going to lead us through that conversation and teach us how that actually drives results in high-performing organizations, is joining us today. Let me give you a little bit of background on on his story. He's got 20 years of IT leadership, generally spearheading transformation initiatives with large retail and customer-facing organizations. His career has been defined by the strategic fusion of technical and leadership acumen, He's consistently delivered innovative solutions that optimizes operations and customer experience. He typically takes a visionary approach when it comes to technology adoption, and he's got a deep understanding of the business objectives that a technology transformation initiative is trying to drive. He's led numerous teams, quantifiable impact across many organizations, and he relies on data-driven decision-making and seamless digital integration as part of his internal go-to-market motion. He's the current director of IT at Goodwill of North Georgia. Christian Lupo, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dr. Gemma, certainly glad to to be here and appreciate the opportunity to be part of the show and, and certainly be able to share any insights that I can bestow upon your audience.
0: I'm really looking forward to this conversation because typically this show features voices from the human resource leadership space. You're in IT leadership, and I think you're going to have a unique perspective, and especially when it comes to how technology can be leveraged to amplify certain strategic initiatives i think that's going to be an important sort of lens that we're going to look into but before we dive into that conversation i threw a lot of stuff in your bio that uh, (laughs) i shared with the audience but i want to take some time and have you share with the audience the stuff that i left out that you feel is going to be important for them. That's going to inform this conversation.
1: I appreciate uh, the opportunity, and and certainly glad to to share some some insights, at least from the IT perspective. Uh, and and I think you nailed it uh, for the most part in what you shared. I've been in in the IT space for for quite a while. I, I've been more specifically in the leadership space, where you know where I've been leading a team over the past 10 years or so. And, um, and I've learned quite a bit after transitioning from um, what I'd call an execution role, right? So oftentimes when we're in the IT space, many of the roles in, in IT really land in that execution space. And I'd say even in my leadership roles that I've been in still played a, a huge part in, in, in executing. I think that becomes quite important in terms of understanding how the team needs to execute some of the challenges that they may be faced with still being on the ground level with the team and sharing some of the things that they're doing to to execute.
0: Thanks for adding a little bit more context into the conversation. Before we dive into our discussion about the game-changing realizations that you've had, I wanna do a little bit of myth-busting. You talk about any business issue that might exist within an enterprise, and oftentimes leaders can fall into the trap of saying, oh, okay, we can solve this through a technology fix. I want to hear your perspective on that sort of thinking and why that might be mistaken or misguided thinking where you're leading with a technology solution first. Share with us a little bit about why that can get you in trouble leading with a technology first solution mindset.
1: I like how you phrase that, right? Leading with a technology solution first and why that might Get you in trouble that's a a really good way to to put it being in the it space oftentimes that's one of the things that i run into quite frequently as we partner with the various business units right so as we partner across the business to help the business to deliver the value that they're trying to to deliver to whether it's customers externally or customers internally right depending on the business and as you shared in the intro I've been in the retail space for a while as it, re- as it relates to an industry. Most recently, I've had the privilege to serve in both the retail space and the non- non-profit space. So it's almost like two sectors in one, and it's certainly given me a whole new perspective on how to deliver IT solutions. But, but oftentimes, when we've partnered with a business from an IT perspective, we're coming in to help the business to deliver solutions or accomplish a certain goal with technology, it can be scenarios where the ideas around defining the business process, sometimes that doesn't happen before reaching for some sort of a technological solution. In other words, there's been scenarios where the business may come to IT and say, hey, we need a piece of technology or we need a solution to accomplish this particular goal. And a, upon kind of digging in the process from the business standpoint, just removing any technology, the process had not yet been defined. And me a little while to, to really understand that is, is critical. Uh, before you begin to go out and and assess uh, any sort of a technological solution, the the process really needs to be defined. You really would want to understand what the process is before jumping out and looking for any technology solution. The risk there is. In short, just if you've not defined that process, then we're relying on the technology to define the process. And in many cases, the technology's process does not line up with what the business needs. And that is really what creates the danger.
0: I, I love how you emphasize the need for process rigor before you go for a technology solution, because the reality of it is that if you go for a technology solve when you have an undefined process, you're gonna find out really quickly how poor an infrastructure you have because things are gonna get just get messed up even faster now that you've thrown some technology against it. So I love that how you call that out. So let's dig into the meat of the discussion. The big focus of our conversations that we have with people leaders all the time is how do you build a high-performing team, and the specific lens that we look at is when you're part of a small to mid-sized organization you're typically running lean, you're extremely busy. So when you're looking at that sort of context, what was the game-changing realization that you had that allowed you to build a high-performing team
1: What I found as a a leader and really trying to learn how to become uh, really an effective leader, one of the things that really stood out for me is first putting myself in a team member's shoes, right? Reflecting back on even still today, right? As I look at my supervisor and manager and looking through history at various supervisors and managers that I had and which ones really stood out for me in terms of where I felt like I was really given an opportunity to grow, that kind of helped fed into what I found to be fairly effective at, at building a highly effective team. And one of the the kind of groundbreaking things that stood out for me uh, was when I began to really allow the, the team and specifically individual team members to have space to be innovative, right? Really giving them to, the, the room to think creatively, but then above and beyond the ability or the room to think creatively, further giving them the space to be able to act on kind of the creative thoughts and ideas uh, that they have. Certainly being in in the IT space, I think it's one of many spaces that kind of are uniquely positioned to always have ideas that are available, right? Technology is always changing. So one of the things about, you know at least being in IT, there's always something new. There's always a a more efficient, a better, faster way to do things. I've seen technology change over the years where we've gone from having technology that very heavily was in what we'll call our physical data centers, these environments, these locations that we had to manage as as IT personnel where we're physically managing servers and things from a physical standpoint. And that began to, to, to transition to virtually managing these things. We'd have one or several pieces of physical equipment that then was virtualized and expanded to hundreds of, of resources. And then we've seen that kind of change and, and migrate over into what we see uh, very commonly today, this cloud space. And and then even fast forwarding even more, and we're beginning to see AI come, come into the conversation. But the point here is, we it, it takes a team to manage these things. And And when we really think of having a team that is highly effective, creative thinking and innovation is is critical. Uh, And that's when things just really take off.
0: That's a really strong idea. I'd like you to add some context into it. What I'm really curious about is you went from geek squad to IT director. When you look at that career trajectory and those experiences, how did that experience inform your leadership philosophy about creating the space for innovation and creating the freedom for innovation.
1: To add a tiny bit more context there, going from Geek Squad, I I went from Geek Squad to then breaking into the professional industry, uh, corporate industry, I should say, at the help desk level, very much entry level, and then just worked my way through various roles. But one of the things that, you know, that I found directly answer your question, how do we connect this idea of giving space to allow innovation, but more than that, creative thinking, right? So it can also be summarized or said in another way of, okay, if a team member has an idea, how do you allow them to exercise that idea and and bring it to life? How do you allow them to to bring that to realization? When I joined several organizations over the, the years in different roles, as I progressed through my career. Of course, I'm gaining additional experience. And there were some scenarios where, okay, I'd have an idea and maybe that idea was allowed to be exercised and, and used. And then in other instances, it wasn't right but i'll I'll give you one scenario where even here at goodwill when i joined at on the help desk over almost 12 years ago and when i joined at that time we didn't have an imaging process in place it was a a scenario where we're manually setting up computers and at that time we still were around just about just a little under a mid-sized organization but we still were very very much large enough to uh, benefit from having some sort of an imaging solution coming from very much a corporate environment where we had many thousands of machines where we had to image these things across the network at that time. I was at that time joining the help desk of this new organization coming in with an idea, right? A fresh idea. I'm, if we want to look at it in the context of the organization that I'm now newly joining, this isn't an innovation for this organization. Now, it's not an innovation in the industry. And that, that's the key. When we think of, or, or when I use that phrase, allowing space for innovation, it doesn't always mean it's something that is brand new and is revolutionary and it's just going to change the whole world. It's not It's not always that sometimes innovative for the organization. And when I joined at that time using this scenario, I was given the room to introduce this new concept of imaging and long story short, it just leaps and bounds added great efficiency. Right. And that's just one, one example of many that as we look at our team, if we give them the room, that's just one of many examples that our teams and team members can deliver For us, there's many other examples
0: right there. When you look at that example and other examples like it, and you think back to your leadership at the time that you made these observations, what were they doing that allowed you to verbalize that idea? And what were the things that they did after listening to the idea that that offered up the space to run?
1: When I joined at that time, Interestingly enough, as I'm learning at that time from my colleague who was trying to get me up to speed, as I begin to understand, before certainly offering any recommendation or any changes, I really tried to spend the time to learn how the environment operated and what their process was. Um, But after getting that understanding, I began to ask questions of of, of, uh, of my colleagues at that time, just to see maybe we are imaging and maybe it's just something that hasn't been shown to me. And an understanding that we weren't, and it was certainly a new idea for the team at that time, in terms of doing it, the idea of it had been presented, right? So I then learned the idea of imaging, generally speaking, had been presented. And at least what I understood at that time, it it just wasn't something that the leadership team wanted to do. And this is what was shared with me being a, a new team member. And so I think that certainly set an exp- a, a, an expert in my mind, right? I'm thinking, all right, I know this works and I know it's highly efficient and highly effective because if we're having to set up 10 to 15 devices a day, that's a, it's a lot of work comparing that to imaging, which is a fraction of the time, maybe going to leadership isn't necessarily the answer. The approach I took was, let me find a way to do this at a, a uh, cost-free from a cost-free approach, an approach that's within the bounds of what I'm allowed to do, I leveraged a free tool, which is still free today. Microsoft Deployment Toolkit, MDT is probably a a fairly well-known tool, certainly within the IT industry, but it doesn't have a cost. It's very easy to set up. Uh, So I I went on to set it up. It it was within the boundaries of what I was allowed to do. And I think that's another key when we think of, I'm speaking from a team member standpoint with an understanding that maybe leadership isn't going to allow this thing. Maybe it's been presented. In that scenario, I, I created the idea or the solution. So I had to create the space on my own right? in that case, just because of the feedback that I had been given. And that then set the stage for now presenting this to my then leadership team, right? So particularly my manager, we'll, we'll just say for my manager at that point. Now I have something that's working and I actually have some factual proof to back up my idea. I'm presenting an idea to say, imaging is going to save us a lot of time and it is something that will work. Instead of just going off of an idea and having to paint the picture, I created the picture, right? And I'm taking the picture with me and now I'm telling the story and then I'm gonna pause and play the movie <laughs> right speak but i think the key takeaway directly to your question though and you phrased it towards leaders what should leaders do now i spoke about it from a team member standpoint and i had to create the environment um and i think from a leadership standpoint what we can do as leaders is we create the room and so we say okay what does that look like to create the room one way that can be done and this is what i do with my team right i i'm i am always wherever the opportunity presents itself That can be in one-on-ones, that can be in, in team meetings. There are several different ways, but wherever the opportunity presents itself, I'm engaging the team and asking if there's any ideas that they may have. Now that's a general concept, right? Generally speaking, we're just opening up the floor. More specifically and in real reality, In IT, we have projects that we have to execute. And when we talk about putting this idea into a real-world scenario, even when we have specific projects and we may feel like we have that project defined in terms of how we need to carry it out, there is always room for input from the team in some way. And that's where we can now specifically open up the door for them to give their feedback. Hey, how do you think we can approach this and add some value to it? How could we do this differently? Is there anything we can do differently? But that's just some examples as to how we can create some room for the team to feel free to share and, and and now give us, share some of those creative ideas.
0: Wow, it's been a great conversation so far. Make sure you join the HR Impact Community where we gather a community of HR leaders just like you. This is a space where top people leaders share actionable insights and practical playbooks. Sign up today as a member for the community, get updates on the latest HR resources and exclusive event invites. You can join the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR impact. And now back to the show. It sounds like you probably adopted this philosophy going forward. The role of leaders is to ask questions about problems that exist. And then ask questions about how can we get to the outcome, which is solving this problem that exists and then freeing up what you can within the bounds of what's acceptable, your team's ability to go and solve those things. So... If I'm understanding that correctly and you get in the habit of doing that, let's tie this back into what we talked about at the beginning. What's the payoff for an organization to operate that way versus operating in a way where you're tightly bound to policies and procedures?
1: don't get me wrong I mean here at goodwill as we grow and the size that we continue to grow to be right we're of a very easily mid-sized organization and then we we grow larger policy and and procedures is is critical so that the key is as we're in organizations that begin to become of size processes and i should say standard processes and sops and policies become necessary to create a consistent environment that you can manage right because as there become thousands of endpoints and a lot of users and things like that consistency is king it 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 becomes critical to be able to have a process that's followed by the entire team to get consistency reliability and and ease ease of management however where the power comes in, though, when we are being balanced in the approach of policies, processes, and and, and SOP standards, where we're balanced is by allowing the, the team to, to have that freedom to, to give ideas and to really, really have the team feel like their idea has a voice. I will be, I'll be completely honest here. Not all the ideas win and not all ideas have to be tried and tested. Some clearly won't work. Right. But that is very different from allowing the team members, team members on our team to have a voice. Still, we allow them to have a voice and then being leaders, that's our responsibility, really giving them the space to have that voice. By doing that, that now extends our ability as leaders to see risk to have mitigations to those risks and to have solutions to those risks by allowing the team to freely uh, voice their ideas and even opinions in some cases when it's opinions on ideas already there. We now are extending our reach as leaders to be able to see where there is risk and really being leaders, right? That's our responsibility to see these risks and then tell the business, how are we going to mitigate these risks and how are we going to eliminate them? By now extending out this, this responsibility really to the team, and we're doing that indirectly by giving them room to voice their creative thinking, we're gaining that value. They're helping us to, in some cases, catch risk that we might not have on our own scene, especially as organization grows. We can't be everywhere, but our team generally, they are, right? So that's where that benefit comes in
0: there's a component of what you mentioned that I think it's worth pulling on. And that's this idea of you have to make sure as leaders that you're creating the space for your team to be heard. And you also mentioned earlier in that answer that you have to strike the appropriate balance between innovation and then policy and procedure. So if you're trying to thread that needle, that's a tricky needle to thread. How can you do that effectively? Or-
1: that's the key, right? Like it's almost like they say, "What's the secret sauce?" Well, that's the secret sauce, right? If we if we had that answer, then that just would that would nail it for any and almost every organization. That, that's the thing. Just trying to figure out how do we strike the proper balance between the freedom of innovation, really, and giving the team room. How far do we let them? go with kind of their creative thinking and various ideas that may come about while also making sure that we're staying within the bounds of whatever our policies and processes and standards are really i should have start with really started with standards um, because we find that really as in definitely in the it world um, we live by standards it's just we find that we we have to because particularly in order to provide that top notch service and reliability that our users expect from their technology. The only way for us to really be able to guarantee it is by establishing a standard. Let me rephrase that and say room. Really what room means is we're giving the team the space, this allowance, this ability to just try things. That's really what, what what I'm saying. When I say room, we're just giving them the space to try. How do you strike that, that balance between all right? Don't this is how far you can try, <laughs> and if you go beyond that, we're we're now outside our standard. That's I think the the key there is kind of communication, and more than that, making sure that policy standards and procedures first, even before the communication, making sure those things are clear. Because if if those are clear, then communication comes next. In that. The team member on their own, they already know what the standard is and when and in what area, when can we break the standard? When we're in the lab. But when we go to production, no, we don't just roll out a test blindly to production. And again, by establishing clearly some of those standards and then the processes those two things by making them clear, the team members on their own begin to understand how far to go and then when it's appropriate to then begin to ask questions. Uh, and then lastly, as leaders, we're giving feedback. So if we see that maybe the 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 team member in that freedom of of creatively trying things, they're going a little bit too far, communication. Hey, we're just we're giving quick constructive feedback to just pull them back in. And I think that's what helps to strike that balance uh, between uh, allowing the team to do their thing. And and while at the same time, staying within uh, the standards that we may have established across the organization.
0: Really good stuff, Christian. Uh, And and to call out the big theme in what you just said, whether you're talking about policies, procedures, standards, or whatnot, it's all about clarity of communication across those things, which will help define the framework that an employee has the ability to operate in. Uh, Before we wind everything down, when you think about the conversations that we've had, creating the space for innovation, how that actually pays off in unexpected ways. Those are the things that we've been talking about throughout this discussion. What are the big one or two things that you want listeners to pay attention to when they're trying to create the space for innovation without it turning into the Wild West? What are the things that you would suggest?
1: We definitely have to have a standard, right? And that standard really is hugely beneficial to have that standard clearly defined. That then- allows space for this kind of innovative room that I'm, I've been sharing throughout the conversation, right? When we talk about giving the team members some room for them to try things, that's really what it's all about. And really the, the point I'm illustrating, giving them the opportunity, if they come up with an idea, really we wanna give them that space, come up with ideas. We wanna do that encouragement, come up with them. And when you do, then, you let me ask you what you need, right? What do you need for me to um, allow you to try out this idea to see if this will, will work? Um, if we're establishing a clear standard and communicating that clearly, then when we're testing, then it will then become just second nature, standardize this and get it in a way where is that we can deploy it. And then really following up with that by after testing and playing with it, how do we now make this in, set this up in a scalable way? that can be used throughout the organization.
0: Awesome stuff, Christian. Last uh, thing before I wind everything down, where can people find you?
1: Uh, By all means, at Every once in a while, if you pop into a Goodwill store, you might see me. So I absolutely will say, donate our, at our stores. When you donate, then your money from your donation then is used to put people to work. So it helps us to really carry out our mission uh, here at Goodwill in North Georgia. But if you are looking to to try to reach out and you want to contact me, maybe get a little bit more information, I am. You can find me over at LinkedIn. You can uh, search my name, Kristen Lupo, with an A, C H R I S T A I N Lupo, L E P O E. You can find me there. I will. reply to any messages. And uh, I think that'll be the best place for uh, for your audience to find
0: I appreciate you hanging out. And uh, I learned a lot in this conversation. And When it comes to creating an innovation culture, creating uh, a, a culture that empowers innovation, the key thing for leaders to pay attention to is to make sure that they're creating a space where each of the members of their team can be heard. And then it's the leader's job to ask questions about that particular item, that particular suggestion, so that you're flushing out the idea and then moving it into action. As long as you're doing that and you're operating within a framework or standard that you can operate in, you're creating a nice balance between innovation and structure, which you'll need to help which you will need in order to build a high-performing team. So really great stuff, Christian. I appreciate you sharing all of that uh, insight with us. For those of you who have listened, if you liked this conversation, make sure you leave us a review and then tune in next time where we'll have another leader coming on to the show and sharing their game-changing realizations that help them build a high-performing team. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.